This is Mango the Goat, and this is the IIP. IIP stands for Involuntary Immigrants Podcast. And I got the man, the, the motherfucking legend, Greg Marcel Dixon, everybody. <laughs> Mr. Hey, thank you for coming on, brother. And off rip, I'm going to do my mango thing. Are you running for Congress to bang trannies and do drugs in hotel rooms? No, absolutely not at all. <laughs> I mean, I can do that. I, if I, I could do that without having to run for Congress. So no, I'm running for Congress as my slogan says to repair black America to fix America. What we've seen in America is America trying to better itself without trying to better black America, without repairing the damage that has been done to black America. And that's why we are not as great as we could have been and could still be. And, you know, this country has had no issues doing reparations for Japanese Americans, the various Native American tribes, for Holocaust survivors, even though the only role we played in the Holocaust was stopping the Nazis. My great-grandfather, who is still living, being one of those people, and yet when his white comrades got trillions of dollars from the GI Bill, he got nothing. So while they were able to leave homes and land and assets such as bonds, and start to their children, he was not able to pass down anything to his daughter, who was my grandmother. So this country owes us. It will make it a better country when they pay us what we are owed. So I'm running to repair black America to fix America. But I can also say I'm running to repair black America to save America. I love your uh, slogan. It was on uh, repair black America to save. I was like, bro, that, and y'all listening to me, man, understand what I'm saying. I have never heard a politician come forth and, and it's a brother and everything. And, and it, it was big because you talking about some real shit, especially a lot of the shit people heard me say, like talking about immigration and shit like that, like illegal immigration. And I always tell people like that's going to hurt the Negro first because I look at the social ladder. So if you want to climb up the social ladder, your first thing is to take that first step. And who's at the bottom there? And that's who you overcome. I saw, how do you feel about illegal immigration? If anyone's in our country illegally, outside of some extenuating circumstances, and this is something I've never said before, but for one of my research, I'm always researching things. I found out that some illegals are able to fight in the military, and I guess if someone has fought in the military for this country, then, you know, they deserve to stay. But how you're able to fight in the military when you're illegally, that makes no sense to me. Other than that, if you're in this country legally, you should immediately be deported. And if you have children that are Americans, because we have that crazy birthright citizenship, which I am definitely interested in getting rid of, because birthright citizenship was done to protect black Americans, descendants of American slaves. We are legislatively called freemen. That was done for us, not for people to come over here have a child and they can say, oh, he or she is an American, and therefore, if you send me back to my country, you'll be breaking up our family. No, you broke up your family when you left your family in your native country and decided to come here illegally. Either by jumping the border, overstaying your visa. They need to be deported, and if they want to stay united with their family, then we need to make arrangements to send their family with them. This is not out of hate, but even if it was out of hate, I will make no apologies for it, but this is not my perspective out of hate. This is just facts. Is um, study after study from conservative entities, from liberal entities, 
They all agree that black Americans, especially black Americans with a high school diploma or less, and especially black men, are hurt by illegal immigration and legal immigration. They disagree as to what extent, but they both say it hurts us. One study, the one that probably was the most all-encompassing, it was done in the last year of the George Bush administration, right before Obama was about to come in. It shows that illegal immigration from 1980 to 2000 correlated with as much as an 80% decline in the wages that black Americans made, especially black American men with high school diploma or less, a 10% increase in our incarceration rates, a 20 to 30% increase in our unemployment rates. And like I said, there are other studies that don't quite have those same figures, but they all agree it hurts us. You, so you know something? definitely need to be deported right away. You know something I saw for the last however long, probably even as, oldest you've been on this earth i've seen both of these parties and i it's my philosophy that there's no party for us and i've seen both of these parties debate on should you let immigrants in should you not should you but it was one time when the haitians showed up at the border last year and them motherfuckers got together quick and made a decision and they sent they start sending them back immediately and while that's going on you got all these people coming from south america and this and that but when it was the Haitians showed up first. Oh, not first, but when the Haitians showed up, they got together quick. So it's in my philosophy that I think um they like white-looking immigrants to come more. And I, I personally think they all want. And I think it's all to take away from what we are entitled to. Um, Like civil. I hear um, Dr. Clyde Anderson talk about civil. Who the fuck is civil? Because civil got all the rights. And we ain't getting shit. And that always got to be. I do got a question about this, though. Do you feel the Negro free man, um, descendants of American slavery, do you feel we need more gun control or do we need to control more guns? Well, let me go back to the thing about illegal immigration real quick. You're absolutely right. Because even when um, the Cubans were coming over to Miami, Fidel Castro really should put this country, he did the right thing. He said to America, oh, you want to get involved in other people's nations, huh? He said, well, since you want to so-called call yourself trying to solve everyone else's problems, you're not trying to solve yours, he opened the prisons, the uh, insane asylum, he said, here, take all of them. And, of course, the majority of those Cubans were white because they were the majority of the ones committing crimes. Cubans are the majority of black nations, yet the majority of the people that were in the prisons and the same asylums were white Cubans. Now, we all know if Adele Elba Castro was filling those boats up with Afro-Cubans, we all know the response would have been very different. So anti-black is something that both parties, they both master in it, and you're absolutely right. Both parties owe us, and that's why I'm going in there to make them pay us what they owe. Now, you asked a good question. Do we need more gun control or control more guns? What we actually need is controlling or keeping the guns from going to the wrong people. Mm. Now, I do have legislation that I feel is common sense gun legislation. Some people don't agree. You know, I have both extremes. You got to take guns from every one extreme. And, you know, that they should see how prohibition worked out. It didn't work. When you try to keep alcohol out the nation, all that happened was the Italian mafia and the Irish mafia and the French mafia were able to control the black market, became filthy rich and extremely powerful and very brutal. 
that actually led to the increase in crime because of the mafia's influence and smuggling alcohol in the nation. That will be the same thing we'll see with guns. We're seeing it already in these states that have very tough gun laws. They get smuggled in, and that's all it does, allow the black trade to increase. Now you've got the other extreme where people feel that everyone deserves a gun. There should be no restrictions on it, bazookas, um, Tommy guns, machine guns, tanks, you name it. They feel everyone should have it. You could be the most violent scumbag out there. You should not be denied a gun. I don't like any other extreme, and I'm not going to be ashamed or coerced or bullied or intimidated into going to any extreme. My view is this. There should be safe storage laws. They do help save lives. What is not talked about a lot, Mingo, is that over 54% of gun deaths are suicides. So I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, it's mental health issues when, you know, like they like to say about that scumbag in Buffalo, New York, who murdered our brothers and sisters. That was not a mental health issue. That was not a gun issue either. That was an anti-blackness issue, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, they won't want to fix their lips to say that. But um, we need to have safe gun storage laws because the majority are suicides. And that's why we do need to increase, of course, I'm for increasing health care, physical health, mental health. Second thing, I believe, and I know some people don't like this, but it is what it is. I believe we do need to have a national gun registry. We should not have these ghost sales where you can just buy a gun for a person and have to register. Every gun, every gun owner should have to register their firearms, and they are responsible for what happens with that gun. I bet when you do that, these guns going to these kids who are shooting other kids, I bet you that will stop real quick when they see they will be criminally liable for what their kids do if they get their hands on their gun, or even if someone who's not a child gets their hands on their gun. I also believe in smart gun technology. And before the idiots come in the comments or whatever, say, oh, you know, the common man can't afford that, I my, my plan is to make it free of charge to all gun owners. The same way we got to use our fingerprints to get into our cell phones, I feel that should be the case with guns as well. Because if anybody does the research, usually when your gun gets in the hands of someone else, it's usually not to help save you. It's usually when they're going to use it against you. Mm. But now, that being said, I feel it will be stupid for us to try to do confiscation, even of so-called assault rifles or automatic rifles. I feel that we will put so much emphasis on trying to get the hundreds of millions of automatic rifles off the streets that the idiots, the evil scumbags who do these disgusting things, like what happened in Buffalo, like what happened in um, uh, Uvalde, Texas, they will be able to fall through the, crack, the cracks. We will be putting our resources towards trying to get guns out of people's hands and not getting the evil people who just use guns to work out their evil. I'm a fan of us going after those son of a gun. I'm a fan of us doing background checks. And before anyone says, well, a background check can't predict if someone's committed about a crime, you're absolutely right. But the fact of the matter is you do have states right now where a person who has a violent um, criminal record can get guns. And while we like to think that it's just a random person snapping, that's very rare. A lot of times, crimes are committed usually by the same old, quote-unquote, bad apples that always commit them. They don't deserve to have a firearm. When you commit a violent violent crime, you forfeited your right to a tool that can make your violent act even more widespread. Secondly, I am a fan of us. Background check is not just your criminal record. And I know some people won't like this, but look, this is the two options we have. Three, things continue the way they are now, which is not working. I'm not going to see more about people gunned down in churches and in grocery stores. 
And no, it's not a gun issue. It's an anti-blackness issue. But they will use certain weapons to act out their wickedness. The thing is, though, Michael, is that those people, they usually, well, they're not people to me. They're scumbags. They're, they're subhumans. More than that. But they usually don't act on a whim. They usually communicate with others their plans. Mm-hmm. That piece of um, piss bucket in Buffalo apparently was communicating with other people. One of them being a former federal agent. They usually are communicating, whether by text message, whether by over the phone, whether by internet chat rooms or some other social media avenues about what they're going to do. We need to have a certain screening mechanism where we can catch those type of conversations and put them in jail for their terroristic ideological um, <clears throat> threats. That needs to happen. Once you do that, the remaining uh, pop- American population Gun violence will drop because the truth of the matter is there are over 400 million guns and about 300 something million gun owners in America mm. and a extreme, extremely, extremely small percentage of Americans commit a gun, a lack of gun violence. Most Americans will never, ever, ever shoot anyone, will never, ever fire their gun for any reason outside of hunting or sport. And those are just the facts. And now, I believe we as black Americans should have more guns, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> So, all right, and jumping subjects quick because I know you you on the run today, brother. You your, your campaign is doing its thing, and you you running. So I'm gonna spit all these questions I have for you out. And with talking about the election, how you doing with the church folk? Well, I need to say something real quick. The black church is still very influential in the black community, of course, especially in the black southern community where I am in South Carolina. But I need. And I'm not saying you're doing this, but I need people to stop thinking the black church makes or breaks elections. Yes, they definitely can, but so can younger black people who aren't as involved in the church. So can black people who are not religious. So can the young black guys, like you said, you like to reach out to who are staying at the end of the road and people are looking down on them instead of looking to help them or looking to speak with them. Every demographic is important. So when I speak to church people, and when I say church people, I'm mainly referring to older black people who are more likely to be in the churches. I have not been able to visit any church yet. I've had people who attend church tell their congregants about me, and that's been great. But I have done very well with that demographic, especially older black women. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but when I talk to older black women, they, and they're asking me, I'm going to get Clyburn. I sometimes think they're about to try to defend his honor. Yeah. They will say, get his, you know what, out of there. They will sometimes say, good, he needs to go, or he's been too comfortable. They'll say, he ain't done nothing all the time he's been there. The hardest time I have with some of these older black men, yeah. not all of them, obviously, but a good percentage of them, they think they should be more loyal to Clyburn. They don't care about the fact that his district, apparently they don't, the six poorest out of 435 districts in the United States of America. How this man has been able to have the, the district how have you been with the past 429 other districts to get to the six fourth? I will never understand. See, but, they don't care about the fact that his district has the most toxic water in the nation, highest eviction rate, the most black amputees, black people getting their arms and legs chopped off because they can't get to a hospital or get to a doctor or get nutritious food. They don't Here's why I asked you this, right? Here's why I asked you about the church folk, too, because you made a great point, right? The average mind like if you were running against some white guy right it wouldn't even be a question 
which is shameful in a way, right? But the fact is, you running against it is. you running against Claiborne. Now, when I look at you versus Claiborne, right? Off rip, when I heard what you were saying, I was like, "Who this nigga running against? How the fuck he gonna top that?" And then I saw Claiborne, and when I saw Claiborne, I, I heard some of the shit he was saying and this and that, and I was like. He sound like he's just preaching the old Negro spiritual. So what I got was you versus Claiborne is like, this is like a movie epicness, right? It's like youth versus old or always versus innovation. And the thing is, I also heard you say some shit and you said it don't got nothing to do with that age. You talking right, man. You talking right versus wrong. So with that being exactly. said, like, so it's like, I looked at it like, okay, we about to leave the plantation, right? And you got the old head that's like, we just got to get along. We shall overcome. While you saying, hey, no, us as free men, them motherfuckers got to do right by us. And you don't want his shit else. That's right. And that's how I took it. And I was like, that's right. that made me think about the church folk. And that's why I asked about the church folk because I was going to get to what you said about the women. The women, like the old mothers and this and that. Man, my grandma used to say something. My mama got the phrase, and it's right is right. It don't wrong nobody. That's the mentality of the old black woman. The old black man seems to be more along the lines of what you're saying is where like it's a fear, kinda. It's almost like a fear. It's it, it's a it's hard to fucking explain, but it's like a social demographic that you think it should be broken, but it ain't. You know what I'm saying? And it, the next thing. I was going to bring up is because I heard you say something about um, in one of your interviews about being a gay male. Right. And I heard all your talking points. Right. And I was like, what's the catch to this thing? Right. And then you were talking about being a gay male. And I was like, oh, man, he about to ruin it. He going to start talking about LGBT. And then you turned around and said, no, my people come first. And I said, this that motherfucker here. I said, this him. And so that's why I put what I put on. I put something on Twitter for a lot of y'all that don't know. I said I'm against Marcel for Congress, but only because I rather see Marcel for president. And as you saw, I had back and forth, you know, people feel some type of way. But the reason I said that was not for clickbait, as somebody put, or not to just be funny. I'm in Florida. So. You know, I, I got I got I have no dog in this upcoming fight, but God damn it. I wish I can give you my vote. I wish I can just fucking register in South Carolina just to vote for you because I believe in it that much. And it was really when you said that I was I was on point with everything you said. Then, you know, you said you said something how you said it was. This would have been easier. To run under LGBT and this and that, because you got the hardest platform to sell. And I know yes, that. Yes, I do. And let me tell you, um, one, yeah, I don't know what it is. And no, I don't think it's fair for these older men. It's not fair. It's loyalty to Clyburn. He's probably helped them personally. So their attitude is hell with us. And as I was saying, I already listened to those statistics, you know, about his district. Six fours out of 435, worst water, high eviction, some of the worst performing schools in the nation. Some of the worst health outcomes, so much of how people are getting their arms and legs and hands and toes and stuff chopped off from, for avoidable health reasons because they live in areas not with only food deserts, I mean, they don't have a grocery store within 10 miles, but with health care deserts. No hospitals, no doctors, no clinics. 
but there's a town, Denmark, with older black people doesn't even have clean water. Their attitude is, I don't care. One time, Clyburn helped me do this. And you know what? It could be the least little thing. He probably, he probably helped them, you know, um, I don't know, like, you know, get a, get a washing machine. And that's, and that's all they needed. Yeah. So their attitude is, he helped me, so I don't care about you. And I said to one of them, he might have been good to you, but that ain't good enough for us. Oh. And you're right. I'm never, I'm never going to put my sexuality first. Who I sleep with is not who I am. Yeah. Okay? The same way a heterosexual person, who they sleep with is not who they are. Okay? That's just who I sleep with. Who I am, I am a black American man who is a descendant of American slaves on both sides. Gullah Geechee, on my mother's side and my father's side, going back to at least the mid-1700s. The people who grew the rice that originally made the 13 British colonies extremely wealthy. The, the rice and the indigo, baby. Area in the world. Yep. That was the rice and the indigo. Uh-huh. Rice and the indigo. The rice and the indigo, exactly. Yep. We built the black... We were also the people who did the Gullah Wars or the Seminole Wars or the Amnesty Wars, whatever people want to call them. The British military cannot defeat us. U.S. military cannot defeat us. I mean, my history is proud. And the thing is, though, if you do LGBTQ policies, it's already been shown that black people who are LGBTQ... They've actually fallen further down the totem pole socially, economically. So all those LGBTQ policies ain't helped them. It helped those same racist white LGBTQ people who can't stand them. They want to sleep with them and play out their little slave fantasies, you know, having sex with <laughs> slave fantasy, but they ain't doing nothing for them. So what, cause the issue is not whether we're gay or straight. The issue is that we are black Americans and we have not gotten paid what we are owed. And as far as these older people go, I don't know what decision they're going to make. But if they think what we've been going through now is great, and I haven't even talked about things Clyburn's now on a national level, how we've lost, have, have had stolen 15 million acres of land of the 60 million acres our grandparents and great-grandparents fought to get, they had to fight to keep. The number one recourse of lynching was these, um, these, uh, these barbarians trying to steal our land. So they had to fight to keep it. Only for Congress to sit there and watch our land get stolen. Yet Clyburn wrote a bill to give Catawba Native Americans who used to own slaves and who were brutal slave catchers. He wrote a bill in November 2021 to give them 20 acres of land. And the Gullah Geechee people who, yes, while we the Gullah Geechee people, who black Americans are 1.5 to 2 million of South Carolina's population, which is like around 6 million, while we are losing our land left and right. Black communities like Hilton Head Island, one, once 90% black, is 90% white. The same thing with Jekyll Island, St. Simon's Island over there in Georgia. He has sat back and watched that, has not wanted one piece of legislation. So if these older black people in the church, if they're happy with the way things are going, with the fact that we as black Americans own less homes now than we did during Jim Crow, meaning they were more likely to own a home under Jim Crow than we are now, not under Jim Crow, and they are happy with the way things are going, seeing the same issues they were fighting against and their parents were fighting against, and they're happy with the way things are going now, let them vote for Clyburn. But don't complain when you're out in the street, your kids are out in the street, your grandkids are out in the street, your great-grandkids are out in the street, and they're dying left and right, and we are the bottom class, a fifth-class citizen in the nation we built. Just don't complain. Now, I'm not even... I'm not even from South Carolina. I'm Florida all day. Um, my grandmother 
came to Florida from Alabama. But when I started this platform, it came about, it was, it was one thing, man. I shed a tear when I watched it. I watched this documentary on um, the Geechee people and the heirs property. And it fucking shocked me because I look at the Geechee, like just Ados in general, right? FBA, you know, as some would say, Ados and, and whatnot. I look at that as indigenous to America because it's kind of hard to trace our African lineage. So I look at it as indigenous, right. but I see Hard Rock Cafe and this um, reservation and that reservation. And while that's going on, it's 2022 and these Geechee people are getting fucked. And then what hurt my heart, it was a brother. His name was Adolph Brown. And I never forget it. Um, in the documentary, I know him. in the documentary, it was like he was selling his people's land off. And I was, I expect white people to come through and do that. But for Adolph Brown, it surprised me. And I'm like going off of this documentary. Maybe I, I told everybody listening to me because I talk pure cash shit about him and I keep, I will. But I said, if there's anybody that could tell me otherwise, he a piece of shit. Um, and it broke my heart. Like I was watching that with my little girl and it broke my fucking heart because. If you're talking about the Adolph Brown that's here in South Carolina, I think he has land over the Hillhead Island. Um, if it's the same one, I'm not sure because there is an Adolph Brown over in my neck of the woods over there in Hillhead Island, Bluffton area. If you're talking about him, I know he's been able to keep a lot of his family's land. Unfortunately, they were pretty much forced to sell some of their land because okay. the tax property has gotten so astronomically high, they weren't able to afford it. And that's what they all do to us. They either were lynching us to take our land, they either were doing heirs' property, you know, when you inherit land, but your, your, your ancestors didn't have a will, they all have to share it. They were either, someone in the family would either sell their share or be forced to sell it, and they will buy the other ones off with very little money. Ten people on like a 50-acre property, all they get is $1,000, get out, and the property's worth like $350,000. Happened all the time. Or the United States Department of Agriculture would deny us for loans and grants and farming equipment where we could have used to monetize our land that they were handing out freely to not just white Americans, but to European immigrants. It is despicable, but I want to keep the focus on where it needs to be focused. What was done about it? Okay, Native Americans, as bad as it may have been, were given reservations. They yeah. still have land, okay? Yeah. What and when we, black American soldiers, part of that, went over to Germany mm -hmm. to stop the Nazis. The first thing the U.S. military made the Nazis do, or the Germans do, was give the Jews back all of their property. Mm. What has been done for us? What is Clyburn, who's the most powerful, well, the third most powerful person in the world? I mean, in the U.S., politically speaking, which might very well make him the third most powerful person, politically speaking, in the world. He's the third most powerful person in Congress. He is, unarguably, the most powerful black person in America, politically speaking. How has that power been used to benefit us? Our people were just gunned down in Buffalo, New York. When Asians were gunned down in that massage parlor that was strangely open in the middle of the night, now I'm not saying that was okay, it was awful, it was terrible, it was disgusting, but it was also disgusting what happened to us in Charleston, what happened to us in Buffalo, and it happened to us throughout the centuries. But he automatically got on, he immediately, excuse me, got on Twitter and said, hashtag, stop Asian hate. The act of anti-Asian violence was awful. <laughs> and he said, we must pass the COVID-19 hate crimes bill. What has he said about Buffalo? 
He won't even acknowledge that it was an anti act of anti-black racism. He won't acknowledge it. He says people of color, white supremacy. He will not specify us at all. I don't even fuck with that people of color shit. Anti-black hate. And not only that, though, he won't even put forth legislation to have us get an anti-black hate bill. Benjamin Crump, who I know, um, you know, people may like him, not like him, doesn't matter. He is, to his credit, the only person going around talking to talk about how we need an anti-black hate bill. So I need us to check and see what Clyburn is doing, which ain't nothing. Like I said, if anybody wants to vote for more of that, be my guest, but don't complain about what happens afterwards. Yeah, I don't even fuck with that whole people of color shit. That, I think that's bullshit. But I do, not I, me either. I got something. I got a question for you, because you, you are, out of all politicians, it's a two-part question. So do you think reparations work better as cash currency or as land and resources, or do you got a whole different plan? All of the above. All of the above. Okay, ain't, ain't one or the other. Now, to answer your question, because I don't want to avoid the question, if I had to choose, and we've had that debate many, 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 many times, I've always historically said land, because land appreciates, land is wealth. Cash can come and go, but land is wealth. See, we confuse income with wealth. I have a good paying job. I lose that job and I have no wealth. So I get that last check, nothing. But I will say that we need our direct monetary payments. And if we don't get the land, give us a whole lot more money in direct monetary payments so we can buy the land, okay? Mm-hmm. However, my reparation plan has both. It has direct monetary payments. It has us being as tax-exempt status. Mm. It has us bringing back the Freeman's Bureau, an agency of the government that was put into existence at the end of the Civil War. They're supposed to make sure that mainly formerly enslaved people, our black Americans, were given food, um, good-paying jobs, land, housing, paid fair wages, health care. It was sabotaged because, you know, anytime you're from the black people, they're going to make sure they got their way to mess of it course. up. I want to bring that back. But this time be it an independent agency. The government will finance it, but they won't have any say in how it operates. It will be staffed by free our people, black Americans. Yeah. I also, though, am going to do a Homestead Act just for us, where we are incentivized to go back to our own communities, our historic Freeman communities, especially mainly in the American... Okay, hey, I think the car dropped. Where were we? That was you was talking about um your plan with reparations. You the last thing you, you were talking about the Freeman Act, bringing back the Freeman Act, and um well the Homestead Act for the us. The Freeman's Bill. Yeah, the Freeman's Bill. Okay, and the, oh, the Homestead Act. So that was, okay, so what was the what was the last thing that was caught on air? So do your thing i start this motherfucker all over because you were saying some good shit and i personally think that we got okay i, I want to tell this story real quick before you go on i wrote my brother yes it was yesterday right brother and i was trying to get him on this show and in the midst of doing that my email got blocked so i knew i was like out of all the crazy shit y- y'all heard me say i ain't never had a guess when my email just shut down like that ever and it was weird. I did verification, all this shit, da, 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 and they just, it just stopped the conversation. Luckily for me, I was able to reach back out to my brother to get him on today. So I ain't never had no interview with a call drop like that. And maybe I'm paranoid or whatnot. But the question I had started off asking was, do you think reparations work better as cash currency or land and resource? And I believe you said both. And you went from there. Right. But just to answer your question, because you did say best. 
yeah. I would have to go with, you know, as Gullah Geechee, my heart is with land ownership. Land is wealth. The reason why some white Americans can leave their job, even the quote-unquote poor whites can leave their job and you see them not working for a year or two is because they own land. All they have to do is borrow against their land and, you know, their land might be worth $400,000. They can borrow $20,000 from it, almost a no interest rate, live off that for a while and take time to figure out what they want to do. Wealth is better than income. You have a good paying job, like I was saying, you lose that job, you get your last check. You have nothing, you have no safety in it, but if you own land, if you own bonds, the government's going to pay you interest on that. If you own stocks, you have all this money that will be coming in, making money while you're working. However, I will have to go away because I've spoken with my people, and the consensus is that a lot of our people want their direct monetary payment. So if I had to choose, if we had to choose, which we don't, I will have to go with direct monetary payment. That being said, like I was saying, my plan has direct monetary payment. It has incentivizing us to return to our homeland. No, not the African continent. We are Americans. Our homeland here in the United States of America is the American South, the rural American South that a lot of us have just abandoned going to big cities. I know we originally went there because of opportunities, but some of us stay there because we like rooftop bars and flashing lights, and yet we go home to an apartment with eight other people paying rent of like $3,000 a month, and we all can't afford it. You want eight of us living in the same apartment. It's time to come back home. You to know, America that's what South. concerns me, right? Because my, my first podcast, my very first one, this was after I watched the Geechee. And I, I, I kind of didn't want to just jump out, right? Like, I don't know if I ever tell you the story, but that when I started IIP, initially, I wanted to be in Voluntary Immigrants Party, right? And this is just for, for, for us, you know? But I say anybody's welcome to come listen. But I'm not an activist. I'm a philosopher. And I'm just kicking my philosophies. And the first episode I did was called A Dirt is Worth More Than Gold. And since then, I've done A Dirt is Worth More Than Gold 1 and 2. But I have a concern with direct monetization payments or whatnot, um, especially being with the cash. And, and so on. one of my concerns is, number one, what the devil do. Because if the devil give us the bread, I feel like they're going to deflate the bread. With the land, that's, that's, that's the earth, you know. So it's always been my philosophy, like the dirt is worth more than gold. Give us the land. Give us the land. Right. I'm concerned. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. So I was just wanted to finish that incentivizing us to come back to the South and back to black farming. I know some people have this love affair with integration because, you know, let's be very honest. Some of us only love integration, but some of us are cool. They want to sleep with white girls and white boys. Yes, you are cool. Yes, you are the bad with your ancestors. I told y'all. Yes, you do want to dilute your blackness. Yes, I hate you. And, yo, no, love is not love. I don't want to hear that BS. Love is not love. You can choose and you decide to love. I know many, I know a few black people. Most of them are black women. I think one's a black guy who lives in like 99% white communities. They never married a white person. Why? Because they made it a point that they were going to find a black person to fall in love with, and they did. So no, love is not love. You're just a coon. Go ahead and go ahead through that little garbage bin behind Pizza Hut like you see in the 90s. You come out Pizza Hut, you always see all the raccoons over there scourging, trying to get a little bit of pizza crust. You are a coon. Anyway, though, I believe in separation. Separation is not something out of hate. You know, if it was out of hate, oh, well. I mean, yeah. black Americans, anyone has a reason to be hateful, but it's not out of hate. Separation makes sense. Since integration... 
we have not seen drastic improvements. Our wealth, when when slavery ended, we owned zero point five percent of the nation's wealth. Uh. Now we just own two point six percent. Where has the improvement been? White Americans still own ninety percent more have 90% more in wealth than black Americans, as they did during the days of segregation. The difference was during the days of segregation, which Jim Crow was awful, redlining was awful, okay? But that's not separation. But when we were separate, even under Jim Crow segregation, we had black land. Yeah. We had our own businesses. We had black schools. We were around each other. We knew each other. Of course, it was not perfect, but we had each other's back. It was easier for us to organize amongst each other. Mm. Our black kids were taking black girls to the prom. Okay? Yeah. Black boys were asking black girls to go out to the prom. That's what they had their first crush on. Blackness was everywhere. We need to get back to our own communities. Okay? If you want to work and go out with a white person or an Asian person during the day, okay, go out. Go to the mall. Go to the beach. But when you go back home... You, as a black person, should have the right to go to your own black community with your black stores, your black businesses, your black schools. Malcolm X said it. You go to the Asian community, you see Asian businesses. Mm -hmm. You go to the Hispanic community, you see Hispanic businesses. And yes, I know Hispanics to be black or white, but I'm just saying in general, they're not black Americans. You go to the white community, you see white-owned businesses. Malcolm X said you go to the black community, you see Asian, you see white, you see Hispanic, Native American, but but you don't see any black black businesses. That's not the way it should be. We all have the right, and should have all had the right, to grow up in thriving black communities. But this time, we will have our resources. Now, to talk to your fear about direct monetary cash payments, never underestimate the anti-blackness of this nation. We used to own a lot of land, and look at what they did. They stole 15 million acres from us already. Oh. It is not the, it's not what, it's not how they pay us. It's us making sure they know they are going to pay us. Mm. It's us having leaders in power to make sure that they pay us and not scam us. They've been paid now. They still own Native Americans, but the fact is, Native Americans this year alone, under this Joe Crow, the segregationist administration, have gotten Mm. historic levels of funding. Historic levels of funding. Now, they've done Native Americans wrong. Native Americans are only like, what, 2 to 3% of the population. Yeah. We are, at, conservatively speaking, and we know the census under us, the census says we're 14.7. You're going to say 15, but we know we're more than that because they undercounted us by 4 to 10% in the 2020 census. So you can safely say we're at least 20. Yeah. But we, the difference is Native Americans have people standing up for them. Yeah. They have a Bureau of Indian Affairs. We have the Coon Rational Slack Caucus that stands up for everyone else but us. We don't have leaders. That's the thing we need to be worried about, making sure we always have leaders in power who are going to hold the government accountable for our people. You see, we have gotten it all wrong. We act based off of fear. That's not how it should be. They should be the ones fearful. We should make them act on our behalf out of fear. We need to make them afraid of doing us wrong. So if they give us land, they can easily, you know, all of a sudden find ways to either devalue the equity of land, which almost never happens, and it's just as likely for that happening as them saying we're going to abandon the U.S. dollar now because we're giving it to the Negroes. So, hey, 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 so no, check this out. Check I, this out, right? I had somebody, when I made a post, and, I, I you know, I've been behind the, behind the movement, I made a post. And somebody wrote me and they said some shit. And I wanted to bring this to you. I want to see your response to it. 
They say he say everything that a Negro need to be on board with. But can he sit at the table and make these deals with them white boys? My response to that, my response to that was, well, every nigga we put at the table, when they get to the table that might have a gift of gab or whatever, they choose to shut the fuck up and talk about everybody else's issues. So to that res- to that question, can you get to the table and talk that same shit and make the deals with the white devils? Well, first of all, that's our problem right there. We keep giving white people all the power. Yeah. Okay? Because we fail to realize the power is ours. We fail to realize we just got to stand up, fight for it, and take it. Is, it. is it fair that we have to fight for it? No, it's not fair at all. It's the way it's been. That's a part of my reparations claim. So first of all, Second of all, I will ask that person, who's more likely to make a touchdown? The person sitting in the bleachers from the sidelines complaining and wondering, huh. or the person actually on the field with the ball trying to make a run for it? Okay. Hmm? Who's more likely to make the touchdown? And when you're on the field with the ball, if you're there by yourself and you got a whole crew of the opposing team coming for you, chances are they're going to get you. But if you got other people on your side blocking the people on the other side, you're going to definitely make that touchdown. So, first of all, I can set the table and make deals with anyone. I go on everyone's platform. I've done over 40 interviews talking to people of all types of ideologies. I've talked to over, God, I don't know how many, tens of thousands of people already of all different backgrounds. And even when they don't agree with reparations, I stand my ground. Mm. Okay? Yeah. And usually, though, most of them, even if they don't agree with it, they can understand what I'm saying. However, what I am saying is there's anyone who is so concerned about me being able to make deals, the best thing for them to do is get them off their tail and come say that they want to help me make those deals. Uh. It should not only be on me to make this happen. I'm running because I want to show other people it can happen. I'm running because I want to show other people that it can happen, that someone can run on an unapologetically black first means black America first platform, reparations for a platform, Stand their ground unapologetically. I'm running to show that the Asian Americans or Japanese Americans, when they got reparations for being thrown in internment camps, it was only two people. One was a state um, representative and one was in a federal government who stood up for them to get reparations. Two people. Uh-huh. There are over 50-something black people in Congress right now. Not one of them is making a stand to do it. I will be one. If it only took Japanese Americans two, then who's going to be the second one? And then, you know what? Why stop it too? Let's get to the third one. So to those people ask, can I do it? I will say to them, help me get there, and then we'll see. And if you can't vote for me with your ballot, that's fine. You can vote for me with your wallet. Huh. <laughs> hey, and, and for that too, now, where can, if people want to donate, where can they go to to, to, to to help support, man? Well, I'm in the final stretch. Um, really, voting begins Tuesday because South Carolina just approved early voting, something it's never done before. So, of course, they would do it during my race. Yeah. But June 14th is the official voting date, you know, the last date. MarcelforCongress.com slash donate. Marcel, M-A-R-C-E-L. And then, you know, MarcelforCongress.com forward slash donate. I, this is the final stretch. I'm getting my name out there, billboards, radio advertisement, commercials, yard signs, excuse me, yard signs, um, um, flyers. I mean, I have my team, we've contacted over hundreds of thousands of homes. We're trying to do hundreds of thousands of homes. In these last remaining 14 days, we have um, mass text, emails. You know, we are doing it. 
So if anybody is really um, thinking it can't be done, if you sit there in your tail like a coward and you don't help out, it won't get done. And if anybody wants to see if I'm going to switch up or if I can go there and make bills, then, uh, then you owe it to me and to our people to help me get there so I can show you that I can or that I cannot. And, and then it. if I can't, then two options. I can either just leave or y'all can come in with me and help get done what I can't get done. If I make it there and I'm beating the reparationist drum, then maybe that's my strength. Then maybe your strength is the deal making dice and you got to get up there. But I'm gay. I'm sure confident I can do it all because the fact of the matter that I made it this far being a person who's never ran for office, didn't have any connections, had no money, and just started seven months ago to the point now where I'm barreling towards $200,000 in an area that's very rural where people haven't had anyone earn their votes in 30 years. I say I won't put anything off that I can do. Hey, listen. I've already done what I never expected to do. I'm going to tell you straight up. It's the heart because, like I said, it's been many politicians come before you and many black politicians also. And I ain't never heard nobody stand on their two feet. I, I watched a video where you interrupted on Claiborne shit. And you was talking that shit. And I ain't never seen no politician talk that shit right there. I believe in the um, theory of constraints. And that's another topic. Now, I got two more things. Cause I know you got to go. Because you, you got some more ripping and running to do to talk to the people. So, it's two more things I want to ask you about. And one is the um, education, right? I got something. I call it the Meg. Right. I'm sorry, the MEP, the MEP. Right. And I call that the Mango Education Plan. And with the Mango Education Plan, I'm a firm believer in I only think the schools need to be teaching the core philosophies, your math, your reading and some form of uh, PE. Right. Just for physical education. Everything else I think should be trades. I think biology and Spanish and all that shit, that should be a choice, but not mandatory. But I think mandatory shit with taxpayer dollars should be trades instead of learning like I, I know everybody listening maybe you I have also I had two years of Spanish and I can't speak none of that motherfucking shit and it does nothing for me but instead I wish I had an electrician's class a plumbing class or some kind of trade class and then when these these people graduate these babies they graduate they can go into the work field where they don't have to sell dope and they don't have to you know sell pussy and they don't have to work on the po they can go into the work field at 18, 19, especially between 18 and 22, that's when you at your fucking adolescence of adulthood. But it's nice to hit that point with a job. So as far as the um, MEP, the Mango Education Plan, how do you feel about that, brother? I like it. I mean, yeah, the fact that we develop, especially, you know, when I was in high school, if you were going to take a trade or vocational training, people looked down upon you. And the thing of the matter is, though, very few Americans, the majority of Americans don't have college degrees, okay? Yeah. So that's the thing. And even a lot of Americans that do have college degrees, four-year degrees or more, a lot of them are, like me, drowning in student debt not making enough to even pay your student loans, can't afford your own home, a lot can't even find jobs in their fields, that you will never have an unemployed plumber, unemployed barber, unemployed roofer, unemployed painter, unemployed person that's flooring or carpentry. You will never hear that. So I absolutely agree, trade should be there. However, I am a fan of having a person be well-rounded. I believe that if a person wants to go to a four-year, six-year, whatever college, or they want to do a trade, I believe in making sure that all kids are well-equipped to explore and take advantage of any 
options they may have. So my thing is, we definitely need to get trades back, especially in black schools. Because you being from Florida, having roots to Alabama, and me being, having roots to South Carolina, and to a lesser extent, Georgia, we know that in, back in the days, not even that far back in the days, it was black men mainly who did the roofing and the painting and yeah. the plumbing and the carpentry and the flooring. That was things that black guys got into, brick masonry. That was things that we did all the time, non-maintenance. That was like, that's why in the black community, we may never, we may never had much money, but we always had homes. We never went starving, and we were able to take care of large families without a college degree yourself, without a high school diploma. Now we got illegal immigrants taking those jobs, and they're as bad as that that up. So I am for that. I feel that schools should have career clusters, meaning... Let's say you wanted to be a common biologist, then we should have a set of courses available for you to do that. I do feel that kids need to have more control of what they want to do. When you, uh, when you teach the kids interest, you will never have to fight with them to want to learn. The problem is with schools now, we make them take courses that don't make no damn sense and it's not aligning with their goals at all. I feel the same way colleges, the colleges will show you what they're offering and then you decide what you want to major. We should be looking at, to me, middles, I think elementary, we can teach like the basic foundational skills, but once you get to middle school, we should have kids decide like their elective courses with their parents and then high school too. That will make kids excited about school again. So much more I want to say about education. I hate the fact that I have to go. Hopefully, you can have me back. I would. Hey, listen. I know there was another question you wanted to ask, though. I, so the other question I had, but on your education thing, I love it. And the other question I had before you go, for you being one of the best representations for for uh, reparations and everything you said about repar- reparations, I I totally agree with. Even though I I lean more on the land, I definitely understood everything you were saying. But you on you on this national platform now, right? And you're dealing with other brothers that are, I'm going to just go out and say it, like Larry Elder, right, who has national attention. And offer it, ever since that motherfucker made his comments about Trayvon Martin, as I said, I'm from Florida. At first, I was listening because I give every brother respect. So I was listening to what he was saying. Some things he said, I was like, okay. But then he said George Zimmerman was just protecting his neighborhood. So I was like, man, fuck this nigga. And then... I heard him say something about reparations and what he said about reparations was if we really want to, I'm going to do it in his voice. Well, if we really want to get into it, well, you know, these slave owners, they bought the slaves when it was legal. So should they get reparations too? And I ain't never heard a nigga say no dumb shit like that. So, and, and dealing with your fight for rights and reparations, when you go into a national spotlight dealing with somebody like that, how do you handle it? Like, what's your response to that type of bullshit? Um, all I will say is, one, you know, let's say I think it's Mark Twain said, never argue with a fool. They'll bring you down to that level and beat you with experience. Mm. Um, but I will say, <laughs> I will say to people, please look me up on YouTube. I have had many debates like that. Um, and I've, I've shut, and I, let me tell you, I make a five bologna sandwich out of them. And that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Mr. Mingo, I have a hard stop at 1 o'clock. Yes, sir. I would love for you to have me back so we can talk more about that. You know, Larry Elder being a coon that he is, that's not even worth legitimizing. I wouldn't even legitimize a dumb comment like that. <laughs> but first of all, slaves and slavers did get reparations. Uh. And you know what? Their families till this day still have the wealth of slavery. But the people who generated the wealth and built the wealth 
don't have the wealth. Hey, so, so make that make sense. After, I would have more time to get into that. Yes. Hard stuff. Well, hey, when you're Congressman Dixon, you always welcome back one time for myself for Congress, y'all. And I really want to say thank you so much, brother, for taking the time to talk to the Mangaloids and giving your truth one more time. Tell them where they can find you and all that good stuff. You can find me at MarcelforCongress.com. Remember, Marcel is M-A-R-C-E-L. You can donate on there, too, MarcelforCongress.com slash donate. I am very active on Twitter, Marcel, the digit four, or the number four, for Congress. My Instagram is that same name. You can Google me on YouTube. I have over 40 interviews, several commercials, um, several videos of me confronting politicians from Clyburn, to Jamie Harrison, to Joe Cunningham, to Tom Steyer, to Pete Buttigieg. Um, I'm probably forgetting some, but just know I am really about what I say I'm about. But thank y'all. Look forward to coming back. Take care. Hey, thank you so much. You have a great one. You too. Involuntary. Done contrary to or without choice. Immigrant. Definition one. A person who immigrates. Definition two, a plant or animal that becomes established where it was previously unknown.